Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. After this year, had been a year maybe difficult for many of us, maybe easy, maybe it's up and downs, isn't it? We all have our up and downs. But I'm wondering who has been feeling sad this year or lately or the last month, feeling low self-esteem, a loss of self-confidence, feeling lonely, difficult to connect with other people. Who's feeling like that? I know you don't put your hand up, but I know we inside feel a lot of that. I tell you one thing. I am sorry for you if you feel like that. Sorry. (laughs) Because according to Google, I like Google sometimes. My husband laughs at me. Because I put long sentences. And he does laugh at me, but I get the answer sometimes. Okay. The I want. But according to Google, I did Google the other day, what happened when you lost your identity? And the answer was, <laughs> such loss of identity can result in increased levels of anxiety, low self-esteem, depression, a loss of self-confidence, social anxiety, isolation, chronic loneliness, all of which threaten our ability to connect with other, other people, and you feel like you don't know who you are anymore. How many of you feel like that? Isn't that sad? And that is exactly what Satan is trying to do with our true identity. Self-identity refers to the global understanding a person has of their their selves. Self-identity is composed of relatively permanent self-assessment, such as personal attributes, knowledge of one's skills and abilities, one's occupation and hobbies, and awareness of one's physical attributes. Identity and self-esteem are closely related, and developing self-esteem to have a strong sense of identity are very important for good mental health. Your sense of identity has to do with who you think you are and how you perceive yourself. Self-esteem is how you value yourself. It has to do with your sense of self-worth. So who you think you are, how you value yourself. What are you thinking about this new year coming? Wow, another year gone and a new year come. But if we as a believer, as we as children of God, 
as we as part of this family, we know that we can have a true identity with Jesus. We are winner. Amen? We got a victory. Amen? For 2019, we got a victory. Hallelujah. Come on. You maybe don't realize it, but there is a spiritual war going on over our identities. As you know, Satan cannot create anything. Only he can, only God can create. He is our creator. Satan only destroy things, us, pervert, distort the wonderful things that God creates. Because he is not as powerful as God. Amen. He really loves hurt God's children. Have you realized that normally he harms the people more close to us? Our children, our spouse, our parents. Normally he does that. If it's not you. He knows he can sometimes easily steal our identity. He does. The identity that God created us to be. If he can destroy it, what God intended you to be, he is succeeding in hurting God's children. How? Do we know how? Satan uses other opinion to keep for you from what God wants you to be. He used hurt, pain in your life to deceive you and to confuse you from your identity. Because if he can make you resentful, if he can make you bitter, angry, if you can make you feel guilty and ashamed, he knows you are going to miss your true identity. Yes or no? He uses the media. We see that now. It's incredible. He uses culture. And whatever, wherever you go, you will have messages bombarding you, telling you how to dress, the women how to wear the makeup, how should you look like, comparing you to other people, to the famous ones. And on and on and on. And all those things and people put thoughts in your mind. But it's your choice. If you are going to hold it or no. It is your decision. We have the power to stop that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Because without you realizing you are Repeating all the lies that Satan told you. He plants the seed in our minds. The idea, and automatically you repeat it over and over and you believe it. Yes, I am worthless. Yes, I'm no good. Yes, I will never get a good job. I cannot do that. It's impossible. I cannot leave the drugs, the alcohol, these bad habits. I cannot finish with this painful relationship. 
I cannot. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I am ashamed. And all the things are more easy. It's easy job for Satan. He just only needs to put an idea in your mind, in our minds, and that's it. Now that becomes part of our identity. Weak minds. Yes or no? Weak minds. We need to have the mind of Christ. God said that in the Bible in First Corinthians too. We need to have his mind. Come on. This new year, you need to be a strong soldiers. Please, come on, stand up in the word of God. We have an amazing toll to stand up. Do not miss what you truly are. Don't. Please do not miss the marvelous things that God has for you this new year. Don't. But, so how I do know the real me? Do you know the real you? The one that God chose me to be. Not the one the people, society, friends, spouses, family, even our own enemies want me to be. How? I was reading the other day. And in the 17th century, the philosopher Blaise Pascal, maybe some of you know him, he also was a physicist and a mathematician. He said this, Not only do we know God through Jesus Christ, but we only know ourselves through Jesus Christ. Amen? We only know life and death through Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus, we cannot know the meaning of our lives. So true. The meaning of our death, the meaning of God, or the meaning of ourselves. It is only in, in what? Hallelujah. Wow, what a word, isn't it? Only in Christ. And this word, in Christ, has been used 140 times in the Bible. It's the most used word to describe the disciples, the children of God. The word Christian appears only twice, because they used to use only in Christ. And we are in? Hallelujah. Come on. Are you awake today? Praise the Lord. And about 35 times in the Bible, God says, because you are in Christ. There is a truth identity. Here is what you mean to be. Here is the real you. Amen. So I think you know now what is the title today for the word. In Christ? Hallelujah. No. <laughs> True or false identity. Come on. Let's go to the word of God. Let's read First Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people. Who we are? Remember all this. A royal priesthood. Let's read it all together. Why not? Let's start it again. We are who? We are 
a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation, God's special possession, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Wow! Once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we had no received mercy, but now we have received mercy. Hallelujah. Come on, let's get this. Two, it's only two verses. And in these two verses, we have five wonderful promises. Only in these two verses. You can imagine how many promises we have in the Bible towards our identity. How many more? I don't know. You have to Google it. <laughs> but it is sad because we know all these promises have been taken away from many of you. Yes or no? First, the first promise, we are chosen people. Wow. Means we are completely accepted. Amen? Help me, come on. The second one, we are holy nation means we are extremely valued. Amen? We are God's special possession. Mean we are eternally loved. Amen? Do you believe it? We have received mercy. Means we are totally forgiven. Fifth, we are a royal priesthood. Means we are capable. Amen? I will see this together. The first one, let's go to the first one. We'll be quick, I hope. <laughs> As we are chosen people, we are complete accepted. Some of the deepest things in our lives often comes from rejection. We all have been rejected, some for more than others, by our families, in the school, with friends, at work, or by someone that we love. And that rejection causes a deep wound. And for us to try to change that rejection, normally we take it in the wrong way. We try to find acceptance from parents. We try to find acceptance at work, in a relationship, and many ways, in many people. And many times we base in how well we are doing, many, many times, rather than started in what God said about us. Yes? And it all starts to influence every area of our lives. It is incredible. Because our desire to be accepted starts being an influence, even in the clothes that we wear, even in the car that we drive, yes or no? Even, not really? Okay, thank you, God. Even in your house, <laughs> even the career we choose, because sometimes we choose the career, not the one that we want, but the career that our parents or the other people say, that is better for you, and then we're not happy with that. We buy crazy things to please others. Yes or no? We accept crazy things just to get acceptance by other people. 
Maybe some of you, the young people, or maybe not, why not us? I included. <laughs> we jump in the bungee jumping. I didn't. Because your friends did it, and you want to feel accepted by them. Yes or no? We will do almost anything to get accepted. Because the pain of not being accepted is so hard. Perhaps we all know that pain. To be chosen is so nice. That makes us feel so good, isn't it? When they choose us for a higher job or higher things. It's so amazing. But now I have a good news for you. Now, you don't have to chase after these feelings of acceptance the rest of your life from other people. No more. Amen? You don't know. You don't need it. Why? Because look at this verse. First Peter 2, 9. Just a small part of this verse says, You have been chosen by God. Amen? We have been chosen by God. That is the truth about you, about me. That is where you should start this new year. Amen? That is your identity. And to be honest, I don't care if you feel like that or not. No, I don't. In Christ, this is the truth about you. That's it. This is the truth about you. We are sealed with him. You know, you now you can count the fact that you are chosen by God himself. Himself. But how we do we know this? How? If we don't feel it, we feel no good. How we become to convince ourselves if we don't feel it? I tell you one thing. Because God chose us before everything. Amen? He chose us before everything. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Wow. To be holy and blameless. In his sight by his love. Before anything. He chose us before the oceans. He chose us before the stars. He chose us before everything. Do you believe that? Can you grasp that? Can you understand that? He chose to love us. He chose us. Do you understand that? Before all, he decided to love us. How deep does God show that? That now we are accepted to him. Jesus made us acceptable. Titus 3 verse 7 says, Jesus created us much better than we deserve. This is another version that I had. 
He made us acceptable to God and gave us the hope of eternal life. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. It's wonderful. You cannot chase God to have acceptance or do things to get it from God. Because it was a gift. Amen? He made us acceptable. So stop trying to perform, to do good things, to do that and that. Because it's a gift. It's a gift. This is our true identity. This is what we have to start realizing. That we are accepted by God. Doesn't matter the other people. We are accepted by God. My second point is, as we are holy nation, we are holy people, we are extremely valued. Amen? Do you believe it? Thanks God. We just don't want to be only accepted. We want to also be valuable. Yes or no? First Peter 2.9 say, you are a holy nation. God's special possession. Have you read that before so deep? Have you meditated in that word? What we mean for God. Holy and special possession. Those words imply extreme value. The holy Bible, the holy land, the holy of holies. We are holy. Whew. When God talks about the holy, it is considered more than normal. Something amazing. We are like that. Your truth identity is holy. You are extremely valuable. You are priceless. Amen? Do you feel like that today? Ooh, just a few. Don't worry. After today I finish, I hope you feel it like that. <laughs> but what made things valuable? The things that the famous people, you see all the famous people have uh, cars and clothes and everything. And we can have the same than them, isn't it? The same car, the same make, the same clothes and everything, the same makeup. But because they are famous, it makes that more valuable. Yes or no? If I have expensive shoes, not that ones. And Catherine Seta Jones probably have the same shoes, the same job, the same. Uh, which one she will choose? Yeah. So the owner adds value to the things. Don't you think? So who do you belong to? Tell me now. Who is your owner? Tell me now. If God is your owner, you are extremely valued. Guys, you are extremely valued. If he is your owner, I am owned by the king of kings. Hallelujah. I belong to the king of kings. Yes or no? I am holy. This new year, I'm excited about this new year, actually. Because I know every one of you are going to put this word in practice. Amen? Let's go. Deuteronomy 7, 
6 says, You are a people holy to the Lord your God. His treasure possession. What amazing words. What wonderful things. The wonderful God is telling us that we are. In other words, very valuable. Set apart for him. Do you know what God said when he made you? When he made the mold of every one of us, because we are made different, isn't it? Maybe some of you, oh no, the Lord say, what I did, look the nose, look the hair, look the body, oh no, terrible. What I was thinking when I made this person. Do you think he did that? Huh? <laughs> when God look at you, he say, I feel crying. <laughs> you are my treasure. You are my beautiful daughter. My beautiful son. You are. Doesn't matter how we look like. We are. He loves us. Nobody values us more than God. Nobody. He says, you are precious to me. In Isaiah 43.4. You are precious to me. Maybe some of you. Your parents never called you precious. But God does. God says you are precious. You are holy. You are extremely valued. Why? Maybe you don't feel like that. But one of the reasons. Is because God is our father. Amen. So I am part of his family. We are part of his family inheritance. One day in heaven, he's going to share all of his glory with us. Amen. All the universe with us. Amen. The Bible says he will share everything he has with his children. And we are his children. Do you know that everyone is created by God. Do you know? But not everyone is a child of God. Do you know that? Everyone is created by God, is loved by God. But you have to choose to be in God's family. It's your decision. And sadly, today's days, many of us, many of our children choose not to be part of that amazing family not to trust in him in Jesus our savior not to believe in him when he says in Luke 12:24 i say in short words look at the birds they neither sow or reap and God feeds them you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Consider the ravens. Consider we are more valuable than them. And I see in the park people giving uh, to the birds food in the gardens. It's amazing how God put in the hearts to give the food to the birds. And we are more, 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 more valuable 
Because God put people around us. Because God put families around us. Because God put this wonderful family here around us. To pray for us. Also, we are extremely valuable. Because Jesus gave his life for you and for me. Do you know that? Wow. So it's not, a good, it's not a news. That really showed me my value. Jesus gave his life for me. Jesus gave his life for you. So when people say to you or to me, you are nothing, you are rubbish, you are not important, you are no good. Excuse me. But Jesus didn't give his life for any of these things. He gave his life for you, for every one of you, for every one of us. And you are not like that. We are free. Amen? Of all the things. First Corinthians 7.23 says, You were bought as a price. Woohoo, come on. You were bought as a price, at a price. Become, a, do not become slaves to human beings. You were bought as a price. Wow. He paid for you with his blood, with his precious blood. He paid for you in the cross. How much you cost? Have you think about that? How much you are worthy? How you think about that? Look at the cross. This is how much you are worthy. How much God paid to save you. He said, I'd rather die than live without you. I am willing to die and share my blood with you. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. If you want to know how valuable you are, just look at the cross. Just look at the cross. The greatest ransom ever paid in the history of humanity was paid by God when he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die in your place for you. So you don't have to die for your sins. So you are free. 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 Amen? My third point. We are, we are God's special possession. We are eternally love. Do you feel love today? We are eternally love. I am completely accepted. We are completely accepted. Extremely value and eternally love. First Peter 2.10 say, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Amen? Amen. Once you didn't have any identity, but now you have the identity of Christ. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? We are part of his family. I am proud because I'm part of God's family. And God's family is each one of you. Because I do love you guys with all my heart. And I'm proud to be here. I look forward every Sunday, every Tuesday to come to church. Not to see God because I see God in my house. But to see my beautiful family in Christ. 
It's beautiful. It's beautiful to know that we have a beautiful family. And he is not ashamed of his family. Jesus is not ashamed. Sometimes our children are ashamed of us. Sometimes when they are with their friends, we want to give a hug and a kiss. No, mommy, no, auntie. Yes or no? Sometimes we are ashamed of our families, our uncles or aunties, our, they call it weird uncles or aunties, or I don't know. Yeah, sometimes we are. But God is not ashamed of his family. He's not. He will never be ashamed of you. Because he says, you are my family. And, oh my goodness, I feel good. <laughs> he wants us to be part of his family. He chooses us to be part of his family. We can choose to be part of his family today. We can. If any of you are not yet. You have a relationship with him. To obey him. To seek him. And if you are today like the prodigal son, you can choose today to come back to daddy's arms. To daddy's arms. He's there waiting for you with his arms open. Say, come here to me. He wants us to be part of his family. He chose us. That's amazing. In Hebrews 2.11 says, for both He, who, who is he? Jesus. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy, we are those, are they of the same family. So Jesus is no shame to call them brothers. We are his brothers. We are his sisters. He is not ashamed to call us like that. How many of us are ashamed of our brothers and sisters? Jeremy, Jeremiah, sorry, 31 verse 3 say, I have loved you. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with my loving kindness. There is two characteristics of God's love that we should always remember so we don't let anyone to steal our identity. The first one is unconditional love. Amen? The second one is unending love. It is content love. I will ask on the end if you remember. You put in attention. Unconditional love is not If, remember that, guys and girls, everyone, I love you if you pray, I love you if you fast, I love you if you come to church. Unconditional is not because you are a good person, because you go to church, because you die. Unconditional love is, I love you in spite of. Amen? And sadly, no human being love unconditional because we all are broken. We all are sinners. Your parents always said, I love you if you behave. I love you if you do the homework. I love you if you help me. Yes or no? To your friends, 
I love you if you love me. That is not love. I love you if you please me. I love you if you do this for me. I love you if you go to bed with me. That is not love. That is lust. This conditional love is not love. Yes? Are you with me? Sometimes a man said to a woman or a spouse, I love you because you are so beautiful. It's nice, isn't it? But what happens when we lose the beauty? Why are you laughing? Yeah, it's true. Thank you, God. I love you because you met my needs. But what about if you cannot meet his or her needs anymore? So that means you are going to stop love them? Yes? I love you because you do all things for me. That's no love. That is selfishness. Yes or no? Ah, God is opening your eyes today. Come on. I asked my husband the other day when I was doing this work, I said, why do you love me? Do you want to know what he said? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, but no, it's a secret. I love you unconditional. That is the love from God to us. And if you love unconditional, your love is unending. If you love unconditional, your marriage never finish. Listen to that, guys. If you love unconditional, your marriage let me never finish. Some of you grow up with, with a dad or mom that you don't know if he or she are going to hack you or slap you. If he or she are going to be sad that day or happy. If he or she are going to be depressed or cheerful. You don't know if they are going to criticize you or to build you up or whatever. And this kind of parents create unstable children, insecure children. But God is not like that. Our daddy God is not like that. He doesn't get out of bed on the wrong side. No. No, he doesn't. We do. Yeah. We're angry, moody. He doesn't. He's not angry. He's not moody. His love is consistent. It's unending. It's everlasting. It's unfailing. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on. Give a clap to the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You never need to think, is God going to love me today? No. You cannot make God stop loving you. He is not going to love you more than tomorrow like our husbands or boyfriends. Or they say, I love you more than yesterday. No, unless than tomorrow. Yes, is that? No. He is not going to love you more than tomorrow. Than today. No less than yesterday. His love always is the same. He always loves you. He doesn't matter anything. Because his love is no base in you. Amen? It's based on him and who he is. Amen? Amen. 
And we are eternally loved. Simply because God is love. If you, it is his character. And if you take God out of the picture, there will be no love. You are capable to love because you create is love. Amen? Love. Guys, let's fill our lives with love this year. Psalm 100 and verse 5 says, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Wow. His faithfulness continues through all, all, all generations forever. My four points as we receive mercy, we are totally forgiving. Amen. First Peter 2.10 says, what First Peter 10 says? Okay, I will read in my version. At one time, you did not know God's mercy. But now you have received His mercy. Amen? We receive His mercy. When God forgives, He really totally forgives. He does forgive. How we do? When someone hurts us, we grab a bottle and we put all these things in the bottle. We close the bottle very well and put it in the shelf. After that person do all the thing bad to us or to another people, we bring the bottle and open the bottle, bot- bottle and bring all the memories back. So that means we haven't forgiven. Bring all the past back. Also sometimes we do, we do something wrong quite often. And then something bad happened to us. We think, oh, it's God getting back on us, isn't it? God doesn't punish us for our sins. He doesn't. We, of course, we will pay for our sins. We will pay for the consequences of our sins. He loved to discipline his children. He leads us to the right way. But he doesn't punish us for our sins. In Romans 8, 1 say, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? There is no condemnation. So if we feel condemned, can be you guilt talking to you for your sin. Yes? So go and repent with all your heart. Just give it to the Lord. And don't do it again. That means repent. When you don't do it again. And after that, if you still feel condemned, that is the evil. So don't listen to him anymore. Just close your ears. Because you already repent. Amen? God doesn't carry grudges. He said, I will not hold it against you. Amen? He released us. He forgave us. That is the wonderful God that we have. That is the wonderful daddy that we have. It's beautiful. Isaiah 43:25 say, He said, I, even I, am the, he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake 
and remembers your sins no more. Wow, I am the God who forgives your sins, he said. He forgives us because he is God. He doesn't hold anything against us. No, no anymore. If you haven't been in church for many, for a long time or haven't been in touch with the Lord, just ask God, forgive me God with all your heart and come back and come back to him, to his daddy's arms. Come back to him. We need to keep going back to the cross and remember that we have been forgiven. Amen. Jesus did it in the cross for us. We were forgiven, accepted, loved. For by the blood of Christ we are set free, say in Ephesians 1. For by the blood of Christ we are set free. It's beautiful. That is, that is, that is our sin are forgiven. How great is the grace of the Lord, of our God. How great. We are forgiven. It is no base in our performance. No base in our performance. Or what we have done. Only by the grace of the Lord. You are acceptable. You are lovable. You are valuable. You are forgivable. And now the last one. We are a royal priesthood. We are capable. I am fully capable. I tell you guys. I am. First Peter 2.9 says, You are a royal priest. Chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Who called us from the darkness. Some of you still in the dark. Some of you still in the past. Some of you still thinking, Ah, I couldn't do that, I couldn't do that, or what I did. No more. He called us to be in the light. Amen? You, every one of you are a priest. Some of you think, really? I am a priest? I remember when one prophet, prophet said to my husband in Colombia, the first year when we married, they said to him, you are a priest. He said, no, no, no way. Yeah. Because he didn't know the word of God properly. So we need to read the word of God. (laughs) Now he knows he's a priest. Thank you, God. (laughs) Yeah, we need to read the word. If you didn't know that you are a priest, okay. Are you a Christian? Yes. Are you a child of God? Are you a family of God? So you are a priest. That's it. Simple like that. Do you know that? You know now. And what a priest do? Do you know what a priest do? He represents man to God. Yes? And then he represents God to men. Yes or no? And God says, you are fully capable to do all that. That is the reason that you don't have to go to the priest to confess anymore, to forgive your sins, because you are one. Amen? Every member is a minister. Every member is a servant. Every member is called by God. Every member is a priest. Every member has a call. And Jesus, 
is to hire priests. The Bible says that we are fully capable to represent Jesus to other people. We are, and that is part of you calling. That is what God wants you to do. What does the priest do? Acts 26, verse 18 says, The the priest, we all, to open their eyes to who? To your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to everyone. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Amen? That is our job, listen. And from the power of Satan to God. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Do you know now what you have to do? I will see this new year. I put my eyes in you guys. That is the role of a priest. And God said, that is your role. Yes? That's good. We have now a wonderful job to do. And it's the best pay. It's the most wonderful, more than that you can know receive. You have to tell others how much God loved them, that they are accepted, forgiven, loved, valuable. They are capable in Christ. You cannot keep that for you. You have to stop being selfish, and you have to share his love. And this is your identity in Christ. Are you getting that? We are responsible to fulfill the mission he gave us. God has a mission for you, calling for you, a vocation for you. He has a service for you. You are a priest where you work. You are a priest in the school. You are a priest in your home. You are a priest wherever you go. You are a priest. You represent God to everyone around you. You are a child of God. You are a priest and you are capable to do it. Amen. God said you are fully capable to handle anything that comes to you in life. Anything, guys. Anything. And you are fully capable, capable to share the good news about Jesus. We all are. I tell you the truth. For me, is when we go to the streets, Tuesdays, oh, I'm panicking. I'm panicking. But always I remember, I am capable. So everyone is capable. God will give you the power to do it. Because he is in you. And you cannot do it, it alone. He will do it through you. We are empty vessels ready to be filled. Amen? Amen. So just take the lid off of the vessel and let God fill you. Second Corinthians 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Not that we are com- competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. Remember, to claim anything for ourselves now. But our competence comes from who? Hallelujah, from God. He has made us competent and as ministers of a new covenant. Wow. Wow. 
So, number one, we are chosen people. Amen? Are you going to help me today? So, we are complete accepted. No doubts about that. Number two, we are holy people. Amen? We are extremely valuable. Amen? Number three, we are God's special possessions. Wow, eternally loved. Do you believe that? Number four, we have received mercy. We have received mercy. We are totally forgiving. Amen? Number five, we are a royal priesthood. We are capable. That's it, guys. So all these five points show us that we are more than capable, more than conquerors, more to serve, to serve the God, our Father, to serve the church, to serve the wonderful Father. We are the ones. So now what you have to do, you think you are not capable to serve in the church? Yes, you are. Just submit to you, pastor, to the leadership, with a purpose and with a life plan. And God will do it through you guys. Many people doesn't feel capable, confident to do things in life. Many that God wants them to do. We say, we cannot do that. God say that, but I cannot. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. All these people near to you, just look around you, that you think have it all together. And all these people who look so confident, including me, <laughs> they aren't. Yeah. In fact, nobody has 100% confidence. Everyone, every person has hidden insecurities just like you. Everyone. Some more than others, but everyone, because we all are broken. We all are sinners. Yes? Why we don't feel capable, confident, able to do things? Because we always play the old tapes, the CDs, or the cassettes, all that stuff. And we listen to our parents, what they used to say. Listen what our teachers said about us, I meaning the bad things. We listen what society says. We listen what media, media says. We listen what Satan said to us. We listen to ourselves. And the only person that we don't listen is God. It's a big problem, I tell you. It is because God says, you are acceptable. You are lovable. You are capable. You are competent. You are fully capable to do what I want you to do with your life. We are. Amen? I don't have any idea what is going to happen with me next week, the following year. What the year will bring us. What the world, what the life. But I know that whatever happens, I am capable to handle it. I am capable. I am capable. Are you capable? Oh, look, the back is putting your hands up. Praise the Lord. In, because we trust in God, isn't it? Because we put our trust in God. Because we give everything to God. Because we know his word. We know his, pro, his promises. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do most things. You say that? 
Oh, you are alert. I can do the easy things. Say that? I can do what? I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Is God a liar? Thank you, God. He's the only, the only thing that God cannot do is lie, isn't it? I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Remember that. I can do. So this new year, you have to have change, changes in your life. You have to think, what are you doing? You have to start maybe forgiving a person or people that hurt you. And sometimes you think, oh, I cannot do it. But remember, you have what? You can do everything. You can do everything. With God, everything is possible. When God allows in my life, whatever the world throws out on me, I'm fully competent. I'm fully capable to handle anything. I am in Christ that gives me strength. We are in Christ that gives us strength. The younger you were when you experienced your first rejection, the more painful and greater impact will have in your life. Remember that for your children. Now we all experience rejection, but the older you get, rejection doesn't hurt as much. Because the older you get, the wise you get. I hope so. So when you realize, I don't need another people approval to be happy, you don't know that when you were a child. So you want to receive the approval of your parents or everyone to feel happy. In reality, you don't need anyone approvals. You don't need anyone approval. We are happy as you choose to be. Happiness is a choice. Yes? People may approve you. May you want approval from them. But you don't need it to be happy. You eventually will learn that in life. I hope so. So, start believing the truth. What is the truth? The word of God. And stop believing the lies of the enemy in this 2019 Take the word of God seriously now. Come on, it's time to stand up firm and put a work in practicing your life, applying your life, memorize, speak it to yourself over and over and over, to your marriage over and over and over, to your children over and over and over, even you see the opposite things. Start serious this year. This is your homework for this year. It's a good one, is it? Do you like it? That will help you to grow stronger. As God needs strong soldiers. Yes? Come on. God give us the strength to do it. So we are acceptable. Are you acceptable? We are valuable. We are lovable. We are forgivable. And we are capable. That is the truth identity. From now, remember that you are not what your parents said about you unless it was something good. What other people say to you, your friends, even your enemies, 
You are not that. What the media say to you, the culture, or what Satan whispered to you, not even what you say to yourself, that is a false identity. Now, in this new year, we need to go back to our true identity. You need to go back because that has been stolen. And God say, your spiritual identity has been stolen. Go and talk to him. Go and pray to him. Go and tell him, God, my identity has been stolen. That rape stole my identity. That molestation stole my identity. That divorce stole my identity. All the things that the people say to me stole my identity. Drugs, alcohol stole my identity. Peer pressure stole my identity. I have been living for my friends, not for what God wants me to be. My boyfriend, my girlfriend stole my identity. I am what she or he wants, not what God wants. Even our husbands and our wives can stole your identity. Satan stole our identity. Putting all these bad seeds, seeds in our minds and let them go over and over and over and we reinforce them. Tell God I need help this year. I need help. Go on your knees and say, God, I need help. I need your help. I need my true identity to be back. There is something in your life that you need to shut down. You need to cut some friends. Even they are closer ones, but you know they are not a good influence for you. You need to cut some things. You need to have, you need to decide it. Which family are you going to follow? And it's, you need to stop being a fake, being a hypocrite. You need to come to God. Honestly with your heart. Open with your heart and say, God, help me. Help me to get rid of all this stuff that is not from you this new year. You need to do it. You need to shut down many, many things in your life. Many things. All these television, rubbish films or rubbish programs. They only uh, contaminate your mind. You need to cut all that. You know now what is good and what is bad. You are in, all enough, don't you? Aren't you? You have to take control of your identity now. God give you the power. God give you the power to take control of your identity. God give you the tools. God give you everything you need to stand up firm in his word and declaring this word in you, in your life. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.